0: Everybody and Welcome to this Get German Football News podcast brought to you by World Football Index. In this episode, we're going to have a little transfer special for you, looking at each of the 18 Bundesliga clubs and their transfers so far, and where they need to improve heading into the coming season. Joining me tonight, we have GGFN writer Matt Caldock making his debut on WFI. How are you doing this evening? I'm good, thank you Daniel. How are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. And secondly, another debutant tonight making his first, what I hope is many appearances, is Matthew Shepard. How are you doing? Not too bad, down yourself? Yeah, apart from the weather, I guess, but you can't complain. Yeah, <laughs> it's been unbelievably where We unbelievably good where we are. Uh, it was sunny this morning, but rain now, so... Ah, uh, can't <laughs> we, can you? Nope. So with the introductions over, let's get into this transfer special underway with Augsburg. Matthew, money is tight for the Bavarian club. Where do you think they need to improve and what do you see them doing this summer?
1: been quite a sort of busy start to them so far in the summer so they've already brought in Fabian Geiter from Schalke which is quite a good piece of business quite a solid piece of business on their point of view and also Rani Kadira from uh, Leipzig as well it's always quite a coup for any side to get um, a German side who's sort of finished first, second or third and that's quite a shrewd bit of business from Augsburg there so they've already though they've lost uh, Dominic Kor to Bayer Leverkusen so to be fair it was quite an imminent transfer from the sounds of it um, but Augsburg finished 13th, course of course, last season and their main sort of problem was conceding 51 goals. So I think they might have to look a bit more on the defensive side of it as the months go on before the new season kicks in. And also 35 goals they scored last season. Um, so again, it's that sort of shyness in front of goal, which might be costing them going onwards and upwards towards next season. So I think it might have to be a case where they might have to delve into the market in both ends of the pitch. So yeah, so that's pretty much what's been going on at Augsburg so far.
0: And of course, they so were just in the Europa League against Liverpool not too long ago. With the signings, do you think they'll you know, challenge for the Europa League once again?
1: They've definitely got a good base at Augsburg, haven't they? They've got a good, solid side. I think at the moment, it seems like the teams around them have um, advanced and... A lot, a lot of big European leagues um, the teams are getting the quality Are get, it's getting better and better as there's more money involved um, and a lot of teams you know have sort of like the Freiburgs have gone on and done a lot of things a lot, lot more things like last season and they've sort of left Augsburg behind so next season for them is definitely a realistic goal of get, getting back in near about that European uh, Europa League spots and uh, chasing the sides which who was so success, successful last season? So I definitely think that they need to be back in there, uh, be back in European football for
0: the following season. It'll certainly be interesting to see, you know, if they can challenge for Europa League once again. Yeah. Um, moving on um, to uh, to Berlin, obviously they did finish in the Europa League. However, they've just sold John Brooks to Wolfsburg for 20 million euro, yeah. which is the most for an American. Just how yeah. big of a miss will he be going into next season?
1: It'll be massive. Literally, one of the best. Well. Pretty much their star player last season, you know, Berlin were absolutely outstanding for the majority of the season last year in the Bundesliga, and I think he'll be a big, big miss. Um, going on. And the, it was just the manner as well, you know, they they didn't lose into a Bayern Munich, they didn't lose into a Borussia Dortmund, they lost and lost into a Wolfsburg side who uh, stayed up on, in a playoff game the last day of the season. So it will be, it is a bit of a kick in the teeth for them, just surely because could they have held on to him, you know? Uh, money you know 20 million euros a lot of money you know they can go and reinvest that and they've already done that likewise bringing Davy Selke from Leipzig 8 million of that 20 million that they got from John Brooks has been spent already so I think that's a very shrewd piece piece of business again from them on their behalf to kickstart the window it's their only signing so far of the transfer window but I've got a funny feeling it won't be the last at all for them in that point of view
0: yeah obviously they've been linked with their nieces Koziello yeah. If the move does materialise, how do you think he would fit into the setup in Berlin? I think it would be a perfect
1: fit for them, isn't it? Because, you know, perfect Berlin in their football last season, very counter-attack inside. And I think they'll again be pretty much the same sort of style next season. And he definitely fits into that sort of mould, doesn't he? Someone needs to take the place of John Brooks and sort of carry... Berlin forward again, and you know I definitely think he's the right man for it. And also Davy Selke as well will be a top top player for them. I think you know had a brilliant season last year with Leipzig, and again it's another great piece of business.
0: Definitely, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do at Hertha Berlin. Moving on to Cologne now. With Matt, we have obviously they've qualified for the Europa League with help from Anthony Modeste, who you know he's had offers from China. Do you see Cologne holding on to him next season?
2: I mean, I think obviously it, it, there was bound to be interest in uh, in a player like Modeste with the season that he had. I think, given that they're in the Europa League, I think they probably could hold on to him. But I think as well they'll struggle to hold on to the likes of Jonas uh, Hector and, and Timo Horn as well. I think you know Hector rebuffed some interest last summer. But it's you know it, it remains to be seen whether he can really stick with with cologne because obviously he's a fantastic player interestingly sort of related to that, they've, they've confirmed the signing of uh, of Janus horn from Wolfsburg for I think it's a deal about seven million euros uh, who's young left back sort of in the mold of Hector as well so could be a sign of whether they want like an understudy going into the Europa league but could equally be a replacement they haven't uh, lost anyone yet for sure but um again I think that They'll struggle to keep hold of uh, their star players, and also I think there's a bit of uncertainty over whether Neven Subotic will will stay. I don't think he will. I think he might turn to Borussia Dortmund. I uh, know the kicker have, have said that he might go to Hamburg as well. In terms of their potential incomings, there's a rumour going around again from kicker that uh, they're after Jon Cordoba from Mainz uh, for about eight million euros, who would be a potential backup to Modeste. But you would imagine, should Modeste leave, then they would they would pull the trigger on that deal and and have him as their their main man. I think the Europa League is probably why we can expect players to bolster the squad as opposed to, you know, drastically improving the first team, you know, for fitness concerns. But I think then their main priority should be keeping the more established players.
0: I was actually looking earlier and Modest actually scored 49% of Cologne's league goals last season. So it's yeah. just that emphasis of just how much he means to Cologne. And, you know, they had 30, 40, 50 million euros from China. So. It'd def- definitely be interesting to see if they can keep him next season. Another name they've been linked with is Toulouse's Martin Buetwe. Do you think that could potentially happen?
2: You know, it shows that they're definitely looking for for strikers and forward-thinking players. Um, I think that it could happen. Obviously, it's very early days in the window, so I'm not sure. It, you know definitely whether it will or not. Again, the fact they're looking for strikers shows that they're obviously very worried about Modest because obviously money talks. And however, more lucrative the the Bundesliga and the Europa League are than the Chinese league you know, if you get mega money from them, then it's going to be very difficult to pass up on that.
0: Indeed. Uh, Moving on to RB Leipzig now, everyone's favourite club in Germany, unless you are, of course, German. They've brought in Bremer from Galatasaray, but the big question remains, do you think they'll keep hold of Emil Forsberg and Naby Keita?
2: Those are the two that they're really sort of, you know, struggling to to keep, aren't they? I mean, Naby Keita and Emil Forsberg and also Timo Werner have all been linked with moves to the Premier League, primarily with teams like Liverpool and Arsenal. So they're the ones that I think are they're in big trouble of losing. I do see Cater leaving. It's it's sort of the fashion now is getting to have a, a very energetic and proper box to box midfielder or someone like that in there, proper engine in the side. And he's obviously very sought after. But again, those those players would, would you know would would command enormous fees and, and if they got enough money from them there's no reason to you know, say they couldn't replace them. In terms of, you know, who they've got in already it looks like they're continuing their their sort of doctrine of, of buying youth players. So Yvonne and Vogo has arrived from uh, Young Boys, about five million euros, who's a goalkeeper. And then young centre half from Sochaux, called Ibrahim Kanato has arrived on a free. And then obviously as as Matthew said, the confirmed outgoing is is, is David Selke to to Hertha Berlin. But yeah, as you say, Bruma has arrived from it looks like in the last sort of you know, couple of days. Um I think that could be a great signing. You know, he's got all the ingredients to succeed in the Bundesliga. As well, it looks like they're looking at pinching someone from Red Bull Salzburg, which isn't exactly surprising. Conrad Leimer is a centre midfielder that they're looking at. I think with Leipzig, the Champions League will eventually force their hand in the market because... They've simply got no sort of you know, profound experience in the Champions League and I think that's where they could struggle next season. I think that's where they need to strengthen is purely in terms of the experience because obviously they've got a very young side. If they get offered enough money for people like Cater or Forsberg then I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them at all.
0: Yeah, I mean obviously as you mentioned no one significant has left yet but if they do keep hold of their players do you think they can challenge Bayern once again next season?
2: I think... Purely because of the demands of of Champions League football, they'll struggle to challenge Bayern. I think they'll definitely hold it to top four. I just think that they'll struggle to juggle a European football campaign with with an assault on the title, uh, which I think you know is it, it's, is natural for for a team who are playing their first season in the Champions League. You know that was to be expected, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone could have expected what they did. Do last season and achieve, which you know, it's nothing short of extraordinary. Moving on to Werder Bremen next. Obviously, they have had an excellent run under, losing just three in fourteen games. However, Serge Gnabry has gone to Bayern Munich. Do you think that you know he'll be a big miss for Werder Bremen?
1: This is by far the biggest story, probably for me, in terms of the Bundesliga transfer window so far. I think you know, for Bayern Munich to go in and go in for uh, Gnabry is a Big, big statement firstly in terms of a a gamble possibly and b what it says for uh, by munich's um Douglas Costa but we'll get on to that later on about Douglas Costa but um you know I remember him at Arsenal and Gnabry All always had the potential to be very much a top top player um he never got the game time at Arsenal went over to um went on loan numerous times and ended up at Werder Bremen in the end and he was absolutely outstanding last season. He was brilliant at the Olympics before um the start of last season as well. So I think, you know, this is a bit of a blow for Werder Bremen. But in a way they this the situation they have, especially in this league, if you have a top top player in your in your ranks and you're you know, you're not up there with the Bayern Unix with the Borussia Dortmunds, then you're always gonna be culprit um susceptible to losing your best players. And unfortunately they've They've uh, found this case with Gnabry, and I think for what they sold him for 10 million euros, it's in this day and age, in this transfer market, it's not the biggest gamble in the world because 10 million euros these days is are nothing, isn't it? In all fairness, so it's a big, big transfer. But I can see, you know, will, will Gnabry be playing at Bayern Munich like well, he is regularly at, when he was at back at um, Werder Bremen last season? It's yet to be unseen, but it's a big, big loss for uh, Werder Bremen.
0: Obviously, they've got. There are uh, two signings coming in as well. Yeah. However, do you think that Redder Bremen will promote from within to replace Gnabry or who do you see coming in to replicate that role?
1: In terms of replacements with Gnabry, he's, he's such a box of tricks of a player that it's going to be hard to replace him. But in terms of there is players out there which they could easily go in for in terms of replacement, but I think they need to be looking as well you know, in terms of what they were doing last season, 64 goals they considered last year. I think, you know, defensively is where they need to be looking. Firstly, they've got £10 million for Gnabry. They've probably got more funds available. At the moment, I think replacing Gnabry is not a priority at the moment. But I think sorting out that leaky defence is definitely one of their uh, top ones. If they are to go on from a, what was a fantastic eighth place finish from last season and be back again within touch and distance of the European places.
0: Of course, not to mention, you know, Max Cruiser might be moved to the Premier League, but there's nothing yeah. really big about that move as of yet. Yeah. So we'll see how that materialises over the next couple of weeks. Moving on to Bushy Dortmund next. Obviously, Thomas Tuchel is no longer. They've got Ajax's Peter Boss in charge. In my notes, I did say they had spent the most money until today, obviously, Bayern Munich. They spent £41.5 million on Corinth and Toledo. But the big question at Dortmund is, you know, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang... Do you think he'll be heading away? Yeah,
1: so much speculation around the moment, especially it looked, what, a couple of weeks ago he was nailed on to be uh, a PSG player, but that seems to be just more rumours than um, firm sort of uh, interest in that one. But I think it's every year at the moment, isn't it, with Aubameyang? I remember last season it was Manchester City were in talks with him and that didn't quite materialise, but I think this summer with everything which has been going on, it definitely seems like a very new revolution at Dortmund this summer. And I think Aubameyang, it's hard to say with Aubameyang because I can't see where, I think i wrong, I think there's so many top, top European teams who'd want him. But I can't see where he would he would end up in all fairness. I think at maybe PSG would be the best best fit for him because PSG are crying out for a well-cost there's a lot of teams in England who would take him I'm surprised Man United haven't gone in for him as well there was talk that Man City could have gone back in for him again as well other than that it seems it could be maybe Chelsea as well if Costa leaves Chelsea but they seem nailed on to get Lukaku so it seems that at the moment he's not top of everyone's priority list around Europe other than only firm speculation from which was PSG but if he does leave, it would be an absolute hand blow for Borussia Dortmund because he was literally their main man last season. But if they can somehow hold on to him, and I think they have every chance of doing so, it would be almost like a new sign in itself, really.
0: Indeed. Obviously, they've spent 45 million euros this summer. Yeah. Just what do you make of their transfers so far? I think so far, it's been, a
1: you would say, a very successful start to the window for Dortmund, and I think it's only going to continue... The signings of Toprak and Da Hood was pretty much done towards the end of last season. So I think it was definitely a, a great piece of business all around from them. From their part, point of view. because Dehoud, one of the best players in Germany last season for um back. And again, Toprak, a solid defensive, a solid defender for Bayer Leverkusen last season. You can only make them better. So I think it's a great piece of business for Dortmund. And again, they will only keep on going in this transfer window. I think another one of their key issues to solve this summer is to try and keep hold of Dembele. Because as we saw the other night, France, he's world-class and he'll be a massive, massive player for years to come. If they can keep him away from Barcelona, then again, like with Aubameyang, their main two focuses this summer is to keep hold of Aubameyang and Dembele. And I think Dortmund can well and truly challenge Bayern again next next season.
0: And toughly moving on to Matt for um, Bailevu, Leverkusen, because, of course, there's other teams I want to talk about. Yeah. But they had a day season last year, and they hadn't really made any significant moves this year. What do you see them doing in this window?
2: Um, I mean, obviously, they've already got in um, uh, Dominic Core as, as Matthew said from Augsburg. But as you say, it's, it's not going to be a game-changer again as well. They've lost uh, on their top rack to Dortmund. It's tricky because, obviously... Leverkusen are one of the more established clubs in the Bundesliga, but, you know, terrible last season, coming 12th. So far, nothing really to be excited about. I mean, I've rumoured earlier about um, Jeremy Mathieu from Barcelona. I guess that makes sense. Uh, you know, centre half would step into the shoes of top Toprak or you know, provide backup. Um, wouldn't command a massive fee. Yeah, again, not the kind of name they'd be looking for. And uh, even more worrying probably are the uh, rumoured exits. I mean, um, Adli Memedis potentially on his way to Hamburg in a €6 million Euro deal. And then the big one, really, is um, the future of uh, Javier Hernandez, who has been linked uh, with Leon, which you would imagine has something to do with the future of Lacazette. Yeah, nothing too exciting going on for Leverkusen, which is a worry, I think.
0: Indeed. And just quickly, Julian Brandt, do you think he'll stay?
2: I think he'll stay for one more season. Yeah, I can see him stay for one more season. And then if they don't push on next season, he'll, he'll probably look away.
0: In other words, before his ultimate move to buy Munich. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and quickly moving on to Mainz, they haven't made any signings yet. Obviously, Boyan he's returned to Stoke City, and Florian, Florian Niederlechner, he's signed for Hamburg after that initial loan spell there.
2: Again, nothing, nothing too exciting. Uh, no one, no one coming in right now. No one even rumored with, with Mainz. And then again, as well, you know, gone to uh, Freiburg after you know completing his permanent move after loan there last season. Uh, if John Cordoba, as I said, does go to Cologne, it leaves him pretty short up front. And I think after a a, a pretty woeful season uh, last season, recruitment might be tricky. And keeping players, obviously, is even more so. So, you know, if, if they lose players like Cordoba, uh, they've, they've obviously lost Boyan already to the end of his loan. More could follow and it could be a, a troubling time for Mainz next season.
0: Yeah, and of course, they were in the Europa League not too long ago. Yeah. Going on to Matthew again. This is fun. <laughs> Eintracht Frankfurt, obviously, they had a great start to the season last year. However, they dropped off towards the end. They've just spent £7 million on Sebastian Haller from Utrecht in their Eredivisie, which, you know, £7 million is a lot of money for them. Do yeah. you see them spending much more this year?
1: It's tough to say because I think they're in a sort of same position as Augsburg are in terms of, you know, where they need to be pushing this well and truly in their rights to be going for next season pushing maybe for the uh, European place but I think as you said seven million how a lot of money and I think it seems like so far they've got you know two main pieces of, of business done with uh, and also Danny DeCosta from Leverkusen coming in so I think I can't really see Frankfurt going much more into the market maybe one or two more players again in terms of where they um, ended up last season 11th place and they scored scoring goals is a massive problem for them. 36 scored last season in total. So I think, again, if they are to bring in one or two more players, which they possibly could do, I think they have to look in terms of goals, who's out there at the moment, who will be willing to come over. Again, they might have to go elsewhere other than Germany to find that. It could be a quiet rest of the window for Frankfurt.
0: And obviously, Jesus Vallejo, he's gone back to Real Madrid, he did have an initial 2 year loan spell but that's ended after 1 year. The yeah. Sign Carlos Salcido from Guadalajara. Do you think he's a suitable replacement?
1: Salcedo's always been a, a brilliant brilliant player. You know, ever since he's been around for a long time as well. I think, you know, it's a good good signing. He's very experienced in terms of, you know, that position. I don't think there's anyone better fitted, you know, who Frankfurt could have realistically got as well to be honest. So I think it isn't light for light, but it's it's good enough for Frankfurt to go on now and sort of kick on. They they got that position done and dusted sorted. They knew that of course he was going back to Real Madrid, so getting Salcedo in early in this window was quite a big plus for them. Now they can look elsewhere um, and carry on with their tr- window plans.
0: Moving to the south west of Germany now, obviously Freiburg they were promoted to the Bundesliga. They've now finished in the Europa League place. However, they have a small squad despite the permanent sign of Flor- Florian Niederleckner. Could that impact on the Bundesliga next year?
1: I think Freiburg, again, they had a fantastic season from their point of view last year. I think they'll do very well to sort of replicate what they did last season. I think, you know, this season coming up, it's going to be all about stability there. You know, they've lost one of their key players were already with uh, Max Philipp going to Dortmund. You know, so there's £20 million there for them which I need to try and reinvest that. Uh, so far, as you said, they've spent it on Pascal Stenzel from Dortmund, 4 million. And also, as you said, Lauren uh, Nile legescher from Mainz for 2.3 million. So I think that, you know, they need to get their signings right. Otherwise, they will fall away from where, where they were last season. So I think these next few months are going to be quite big for Freiburg because, as I said, it was a fantastic season last year. But they need to sort of have a stable season because the teams around them are going to be spending big, I don't know if they'll be able to compete with that in terms of it, but also looking at what they were doing last season, it's considered 60 goals for Iberg, which is a bit of a worry for them. So again, maybe as the months go on, you' will to reinvest that money in the defensive side of it.
0: Yeah, obviously, Vincenzo Grievo, he's joined Borussia Mönchengladbach as well for €6 million. Euro. He was a key player in terms of goals and assists last season. Yeah. Do you think they will reinvest that money, or you know, as always, promoting from within in the youth academy that they do have?
1: It's hard to say for Frybo because I think at the moment they seem quite content. You know, what they did last season was fantastic. They will look to keep that money and build on it in terms of what they got. Are looking ahead of this season, as you said, they've got a good youth system there. They bring through a lot of good young players, so I think they will look to dip into that next season along with the fact that they got a lot of, still got a lot of experience in that side. Um and they'll just look to kick on and have a, quite a stable season. Whether it be there'll probably be the one or two coming in as well for the rest of the market. But I still think that they will, as you said, they'll look into the youth side of it more than going out and spending, you
0: know, millions and millions of pounds on players. I mean, obviously we've just spoke about Grief or joining Bush and But Matt, the big sign that Gladbach is Dahood to Bushy Dortmund. Do you see Dennis Zakaria, who is joined from Young Boys, replacing him?
2: Um, I mean, I think they're very, they're quite different players, aren't they? I mean, Dennis Zakaria, you know, 20 years old, he's, he's more sort of on the defensive side of things. I think they probably brought in uh, Grifo to sort of counteract what Dode would bring in creativity. But I, I think it's a massive, massive loss for them, uh, Dode, especially to, you know, a, a club that they'll be they'll be rivaling next year, presumably. They've also lost Julian Corb to the uh, newly promoted Hanover, um, and also lost Christensen back to Chelsea at the end of his loan. So with, with Dode and Christensen leaving, they've the spine of their team sort of disrupted there. So they'll be hoping that, that Zachariah and Angrifer uh, can sort of fill that void. But in terms of uh, rebuilding that spine, uh, one interesting rumour I've seen is they're looking into the signing of Reese Oxford from West Ham on loan, uh, which would be a quite an interesting move, I think. And also I've seen Maximilian Arnold could be on his way from Wolfsburg. Obviously Wolfsburg had a pretty terrible season last season and he might be just looking for a way out of that but um, he won't come cheap. They'll want in excess of 15 million euros for him so it remains to be seen whether the uh, club can get that over the line. Again I think that they didn't do as well as they'd wanted last season and they'll need to replace their outgoing before they even get close to building on the squad they've got. They've done that to an extent with, with Grifo and Zachariah but for them to really sort of push forward a creative player like Arnold, to really fill that void that dude has left, would be uh, pretty essential for them.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously Andre Hahn, he's been linked to a move away from the club as well. Do you think they're a little short going forward?
2: Um, a little bit, yeah. As you say, Hahn looking at uh, a move to one of, it looks like Hertha or Frankfurt are the ones that are you know, pushing hardest for him. They're, they're, they're a little bit short, but I think with, with when you've got players like Tolkien Hazard, you're never gonna be without that sort of creativity and that goal-scoring flair. So I think if they lose Hahn, you'd expect them to bring in a, a striker. I think it's mainly, you know, in in the in the middle of the park where they need to do a bit of rebuilding.
0: Moving on to the champions now, Bayern Munich. Obviously, they've made some significant moves, especially with Chabi Alonso and Philipp Lahm retiring. Just how
2: significant are they? In obviously, round up what's been happening today. Massive, I think. I mean. You know, Lahm is, is a German legend, a Bayern Munich legend, um, and he'll be sorely missed because he's probably one of the, not only one of the best right-backs that they've had, but one of the best all-round footballers of Yeah, he played all over the park and he was so versatile. I think they're really going to miss that. And Alonso as well, you know, sitting deep and, you know, distributing play. That's something they're really going to miss. But, as you say, they've made a huge amount of signings um, already, including uh, Taliso from Lyon, who will probably be the man they've, Evie Mark to sort of shadow that position left by Alonso, you know, he's he's quite versatile in the sense that he can play deep or he can push forward a little bit also Sebastian Rudy has, has arrived um, earlier on this summer um, from a, or on a free from Hoffenheim who can play in the middle of the park as well so they're not short of replacements there but yeah, as Matthew was saying I think the, the big one for them, or the most interesting one no doubt, is um, Serge Gnabry there was rumours last summer when he first joined Werder Bremen that there was some sort of deal with Bayern. It now looks like that is the case. Whether he'll get games again is another issue, but I think it's a very interesting signing. Yeah,
0: I mean, I was going to say, obviously, with Douglas Costa seemingly on the edge of joining Juventus, do you think they'll miss him with Gnabui arriving?
2: Um, I, I mean, I think Douglas Costa is quite a unique player. You know, he's a very, very tricky winger. He's, they've not really got anyone like him. They've got, the, you know, obviously the blistering place of, of Ian Robben, but they've not really got anyone who's got this potential to really, really... Get out of a little, you know, situation by the corner flag or um, any of that sort of stuff. So I think he, he w- they will miss him, but they're getting a huge amount of money for him. Also, I would expect, that uh, as well as Gnabry, I think that Kingsley command from Juventus, who's joined on a permanent deal, will probably help to fill that void quite a bit. And also, you know, the, the big rumor, I suppose, is uh, Alexis Sanchez might be on the way uh, to Bayern Munich. Which, you know, given the fact they're getting so much money for Costa and they're there they're willing to let him go, as the reports indicate. I think they could be gearing up to try and pitch in for that big wage packet for Alexis and, and, you know, he he may well be the person to take up that position on the wing.
0: Moving on to the bottom of the table now, we've got Hamburg, who, of course, once again, avoided relegation, only just though. However, they've, they haven't they have made any moves as, as of yet. You know, Matthew, who have they been linked with?
1: Well, in terms of coming in, there's not really been much talk of any any sort of Potentially, it's been more about the outgoings, in all fairness, for Hamburg. But the big big news in last week for them was the, it's been sort of low-key, but the fact that uh, their young striker, Jan Fete Arp, who's basically been a big part of the German under-17 side, and he's been a lot of interest, especially in England, Chelsea in particular, being linked with him, uh, as well as some interest in Germany from Wolfsburg. He's basically declared his desire to stay at Hamburg, which is quite a big... Uh, big news for them but bear in mind though he hasn't played one single game for Hamburg yet but I think for this season that might just sort of again sort of sway Hamburg not to dip into the transfer market for a striker this summer because he, he might be seeing a lot of ARP next season in the league in the Bundesliga for Hamburg but yeah so outgoings as well as far as I can say they've of course seen Johan Juru depart as well with veteran goalkeeper Reni any Adler and also Papadopoulos has returned back to Bayer Leverkusen. But so far, coming in, it is very, very bleak. Again, it goes back to the um, question about with Hamburg about their financial situation. In fairness, it could be quite a slow summer for those associated with the club. There might be the one or two incomings, but at the moment, it's all on pr- pretty quiet for um, Hamburg.
0: I mean, obviously, Kyriakos Papadopoulos, he had a great lawn spell last season. Should they be spending money on him to make that move permanent?
1: Well, I think Papadopoulos is a really, really solid defender, isn't he? He's been he's been sought after for many years all around Europe um, when he first sort of broke onto the scene. Again, it's financially for Hamburg. How much would buy Leverkusen uh, be willing to let him go for? I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that they would probably be willing to accept anything under ten million euros at least. And it's all about if Hamburg have the desire and have a uh, hunger to go out there. and... Th- go and make a statement in this transfer market, which at the moment looks pretty unlikely.
0: I guess only time will tell as to whether you know, they'll avoid relegation once again next season. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Hanover next. Yeah. You know, Obviously, not too long ago, they were playing in the Europa League, they got relegated, and obviously they finished second behind Stuttgart in the season just gone. Are yeah. they a different team from the one that was relegated?
1: Well, it's been a roller a few years for Hanover, isn't it, really? And I think this summer is going to be their biggest summer yet ever since they've been in the last few years in terms of making sure that mistake of a few years ago getting relegated does not happen again. It's all about stability this uh, this season and this summer coming up for Hanover. They need to keep the group of players that they've got. Of course, they've only lost one. Player so far the summer that was Andre Hoffman which in all fairness was imminent for him to leave the club uh, but they have brought in three players so far uh, three players so far in Julian Corb from Gladbach for 3 million another good piece of business for them to bring in and also Michael Lesser as well and along with uh, Permin Schwaiger from Hoffenheim on a free so it has been so far quite a productive start to the um, transfer window for Hanover I think it won't end there but what they've got to be careful is that they've They've got to keep their group of players together here. They can't go out and do what a lot, a lot of newly promoted sides do when they come up to the Bundesliga: go out and buy in sort of bulk and sort of disrupt the overall camp the side they got, which got them promoted. So I think this season is all about being stable uh, at Hanover and making sure that you know the mistakes of a few years ago does not happen again.
0: Yeah, and obviously the other club that was provided, as you mentioned, was Stuttgart. Matt, what's
2: happening there this season? Um, not a lot, quite frankly. Um, <laughs> confirmed the signing of Aurel uh, Mangala, who is a 19-year-old uh, midfielder from Anderlecht, who, you know, in, in all fairness, he's got a good pedigree. One of the Borussia Dortmund, under 19 alumni, I believe, and he's joined uh, from Anderlecht this season. And just today, they confirmed the departure of um, Tony Sunic to uh, Dynamo Moscow, uh, which isn't, you know, it's not a huge lost. I mean, he was he was on loan at the second half of the season at Palermo last season. You know, in terms of other incomings and outgoings, it's pretty much radio silence until today for the uh, for took Guard. As as Matthew said, it's 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 a balancing act, isn't it? Because you don't want to just disrupt the squad that brought you up, but at the same time, if you don't invest, you're going to face trouble. So I think, as with most newly promoted teams, they'll be looking for uh, more players, maybe more. Quantity than quality, just getting the, you know some bodies in through the spine of the team. There are there are a few teams in trouble in the Bundesliga now, but I think that Stuttgart, if they if they can recruit well, uh, they do stand a chance of overcoming those other teams around them and staying in the league.
0: Moving on to Schalke, obviously they've just appointed a third division coach. They've also said that they don't have twenty to thirty million euros to spend on the player, and with the future of Leon Goretzka up in the air, what do you see them doing
2: this summer? They confirmed that. Um, uh, players like Nabil Bentaleb and uh, Yevhen Konoplyanka of have, have both uh, made their loan deals permanent, which isn't, I suppose, you know, particularly big news, but it, it's good. It's good news for them. They're linked with uh, Roman Zobnin from Spartak Moscow, uh, but they face competition for him from uh, from Roma, and they're waiting to see how Baba Rahman's injury progresses, uh, and they're going to make a decision over whether to extend his loan deal from Chelsea, and then uh, I mean Harit who is French-Moroccan midfielder from Nantes, who, you know, they, they they could sign him to get some creativity should players like Goretzka and maybe Max Meyer uh, leave, uh, both of which have been uh, linked with moves away. Um, I think Meyer has been linked with Hoffenheim, but was also look with Tottenham last season. And then, of course, Goretzka linked earlier this year with Arsenal and now being linked with Bayern. And so it could look like, you know, if they're looking at signing players like uh, Zobnin and Harit, it could be an indication that they, they, they fear losing one or maybe both of them.
0: Yeah, I mean, Schalke really are one of the teams that should be playing in, in the Champions League. One team that is playing in the Champions League next season is Hoffenheim. Obviously, they've lost two key players to Bayern Munich. Do you think the concealed challenge next season, Matthew?
1: This summer ahead in this transfer market for Hoffenheim right now is the biggest one they'll ever face in their most recent history because... This is such a massive opportunity for them. you know, Champions League football is what they've been dreaming of for years and years and years gone by. And I think so far it's been quite a quiet start to the window. I think they've got so far they haven't been able to do the business which they've hoped they would have done. Um, and of course being in the Champions League next season it will take its toll and they have to get their signing spot on if they're able to balance, have that balance between Champions League football and their domestic form as well. So it's been quite a on-and-off start so far for Hoffenheim in the window. They've brought in, of course, m- not so recently, um, Justin Hügmer, uh from Hercules, of course, in Holland. And also they brought in uh, Florian Grealish from Werder uh, Bremen on a free. But they've missed out on, well, they were very much heavily linked to a Serge Gnabry before he moved to Bayern Munich. So that one was a bit of a... Uh, bitter one to take for them to prepare because it looked like they were in a good position to go in for Gnabry in the summer they've also been linked heavily with Ginter from Borussia Dortmund so whether they can try and sort of uh, finalise something for him would be again a really good signing for them again a player who's been highly um, experienced in Champions League football for Dortmund over the last few years in terms of players and keeping players some some big news from as well But um, Nadim Amari, of course, signed a new two-year deal for the club. He was very much linked with uh, Leipzig and also a few Premier League clubs. Arsenal uh, were apparently interested in him as well. So to keep him on for another two years, again, is a big, big uh, plus for them. And he'll be a massive player again for them next season. And I think a lot of of teams and a lot of people watching the Champions League will get to see the best of him next year, definitely.
0: And another team that was obviously playing in Europe not too long ago is Wolfsburg. Obviously, they were... They played Eintracht Braunschweig in the relegation playoff. They just signed Brooks, but Master resource Ricardo Rodriguez to AC Milan.
2: Obviously, Brooks is a fantastic signing. I think, as Matthew said, he was the star player for Hertha Berlin last season. And he's not their only incoming so far. They've also got um, Marvin Stefaniak from uh, Dynamo Dresden, and uh, you know, recently confirmed uh, William, the 22-year-old Brazilian right back, winner of a uh, Olympic medal. Uh, last year but yeah i mean ricardo rodriguez is, is is there he was their sort of talismanic player last season and to lose him is massive i mean you know he, he just brought everything to that left back role and he'll be sorely missed especially given the fact that Wasser sold uh Giannis horn to cologne so that they're in desperate desperate need of a left back you know n- no such sort of rumour on who that would be if they were to bring one in yet they're also having a bit of trouble with keeping players as you would imagine you know coming in that relegation playoff so, obviously, Luis Gustavo has been linked away once again. Um, it looks like goalkeeper Diana Benaglio is on his way to to Monaco. And obviously, as I said before, um, Max Arnold could be on his way to Mushing Gladbach. So, it's not looking particularly promising. Apart from you know signing of Brooks.
0: Yeah, and obviously, as mentioned, they did play in that relegation playoff where the Bundesliga Bundesliga club normally prevails. How do you see them doing next season?
2: I think that they won't be quite as bad as last season, purely because it's. It would be difficult to do worse because they, you know, they were such a strong side, such a established side in the Bundesliga. And to come sixteenth really for them was a was it was a travesty. Without significant additions, it could be another tricky season. You know, maybe coming between sort of twelfth and fourteenth. You know, I, I don't I don't see them being in major major relegation trouble again next season.
0: So if that was the final club that we were taking a look at. Just a quick one from you, Matt. Who do you think's made the best signing so far this window?
2: best signing I think probably I'd have to go with in terms of the, the most exciting signing I think it's probably uh, uh, Serge Gnabry just purely because it, it, for a player like that to go to Bayern Munich and then to have, to have the potential to, to stamp in them on the world stage is, is pretty good but in terms of the most astute um, additions I, I think that Nabil Bentaleb last year was so important for Schalke and, it was so, and you know he made a real name for himself after being sort of frozen out of Spurs I think that if he can continue what he was doing you know, keeping them ticking over in the midfield I think that he could be a really astute you know, addition even though he's continuing what they've already done I think he could be a really good signing for them
0: and quickly before we move to to our Q&A Matthew same question to you best signing this season I think
1: there's sort of for me there's sort of a mix up between two I think definitely I'll, I'd really like uh, Dehoud I think for Dortmund to get him for around it was 12 million I think it's a great piece of business and a lot of people sort of raised their eyebrows at the price as well because they thought he would have gone on for a lot More, but because of his um, release clause, that was the case. So I think for Dortmund, he's going to be a massive player for Dortmund next season in terms of Champions League and also domestically as well. Try and close that gap to Bayern. But also, of course, not so uh, recently, um, Telisso's move from Lyon to Bayern Munich is by far the glamour transfer so far, you would say, in the Bundesliga, just because the calibre of the player and how much, you know, the excitement he'll bring. He was. By far, probably one of the best players in the Europa League last year. And I think for you know he's just going to be one of those players for France who you'll be seeing year in, year out in the national team. I think it's a brilliant piece of business for Bayern. I think that will, again, sort of make them a big, big force in the Champions League uh, next next year.
0: Let's hope he can hold that central midfield roll down. Uh, quickly moving on into the Twitter Q&A. The first question comes from at Football Wassim, which I'm going to direct to Matt on this one since... You looked looked at both their transfers. Are the managerial managerial opponents at Bayer Leverkusen and Schalke going to spur them on to greater heights after disappointing
2: campaigns last time out? I think the main thing about the the two sort of managerial changes is it brings something new. They're, they're you know they're not the biggest names and they're not you know from glamorous leagues and you know, they're from lower down the German league, but a new approach, a fresh approach, and especially given how young. I mean, Tedesco, uh, Dominica Tedesco, who's who's currently the uh, who's now the Schalke manager is. think he's about just in his early 30s so so young and I think people have already been comparing him to uh Julian Nagelsmann in that sense they they could you know see themselves spurred on but I think it's so difficult for for Leverkusen and Schalke because they are just behind that really congested pack in the middle sort of between uh you know last season it was Cologne in fifth and you had Schalke in tenth there were six points separating six clubs so I think it's going to be tricky just Purely in an logistical sense for Schalke and Bayer to to move up into that sort of chasing pack behind the top four, you know, a, a new fresh approach for both clubs, and you know, you never know what can happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's a total opposite of the Premier League. I mean, we've got Alexander Nuri last season, just what he achieved with Werder Bremen. You know, maybe they can even go on to challenge for Europe next season. The next one comes from at Shea Stephen Giles one, Matthew. What do you think of the signs of Toledo and Boomer? obviously the farmer costing an initial €41.5 million? Euro. The sign
1: itself is one hell of a statement, to the, not only to the Bundesliga, but to uh, European football in general as well. The fact that Bayern knew they had to go out and replace Alonso this summer and bring in to Lisa. It's just, they knew, obviously they've been scouting for a long while um, and they knew his ability, his quality. He's at such a young age still. The responsibility which will fall on him now next season, the fact that he has all but pretty much taken Alonso's position, one of the best central midfielders, to gross the European uh, game in the last 10 years. So I think there'll be a lot of pressure on Deleuze next season, but I think he's got all the qualities and the attributes to succeed that. I think it's a big price tag, but I think he's more than worth it in all fairness.
0: And obviously, following following on from that, about Boomer this comes from at fat underscore Pirlo does the arrival of Boomer at Leipzig spell the end of Marcel Sabita
1: possibly I think they're sort of planning for life without him now aren't they Leipzig are Um, I think Boomer is a very again another good piece of business whether it's spelling the end for um, Casey is a big big question but I think that Leipzig had to go out there because they had to bolster their squad up because they they got such a big season coming ahead of them in the Champions League. So I still think that, you know, this signing with Boomer doesn't all but end that for the career for um, KSB. So I think they've got to sort of go on now and maybe get a few more signings in there. And the players that they do get in will of course start to speculate that their key players might leave. But I think they're just trying to keep up with the times of trying to Sort of get that balance right for next season, the Champions League and uh, domestic
0: form. Obviously, it'll be interesting to see what they can achieve in the Champions League. Yeah, but with that, I think we've covered a lot today, and that actually brings us to the end of this GGFN podcast. Matt, tell us where we can find you and your work.
2: You can find me at, um, at Matt Calder on Twitter, <laughs> and also I'll be uh, doing a few features on the on the interesting transfers uh, going in and out of the Bundesliga this season, um, and you can find them over on um, Get Young Football News.
0: Uh, Matthew same for you anything you would like to plug the stage is yours
1: As uh, Matt said on Twitter as well I'm I can be found at Matt underscore Shepherd. and also I've if anybody's interested in football agents I've literally just produced a documentary for my university uh, dissertation which goes a lot undercover sort of a uh, insight to the life of football agents of course Lots of the Mina is are very much in the news at the moment so it's sort of been uh, digging into that sort of um, insight so yeah, please do have a watch if you can
0: and stuff, I'll have to check that out myself and <laughs> um, finally, make sure you check out Get German Football News on Twitter for all the latest in German football at ggfn underscore and of course, don't forget to follow at worldfootballi on Twitter for all the latest podcasts around the world I've been your host, Daniel Pinder thanks for listening and we hope you join us next time on the World Football Index